Thank you for listening to this message from First Baptist Church of Alamogordo. More information about First Baptist Church can be found at www.fbcalamo.com. All right. Well, as our kids head back to Kids Church with Miss Rhonda, let me invite you to take your Bible. Go to Mark chapter 1. We are um, we're just continuing right along um, in where we were in Mark. And, and again, th- th- there's a reason that I, a long, long time ago, that I became committed to preaching through books of the Bible. Um, because time and time again, I've seen uh, the passages where we are line up with, with where we are in our culture, almost like God's Word speaks to the, the situations that we find ourselves. And so this morning, when we get into this passage in just a few minutes, let me, let me tell you, I didn't change anything. Um, this was all planned months ago. Okay, that, that I would be preaching this passage on this Sunday. Um, and we'll see, we'll see why that's pretty cool here in, here in just a minute. Um, but man, what a week, right? Um, if, if you've been out and about at all, you've seen that there is a, a lot of panic in our world. Um, and, and if you happen to need, you know, toilet paper or hand soap, good luck. <laughs> Godspeed. Um, but let, let me... Let me simply begin this morning by, by encouraging us to remain vigilant, okay? Uh, be vigilant in your hygiene. Wash your hands. Uh, we, have, we have hand sanitizer out on our, on our uh, um, entrance table, right? Be, be, be diligent to do those things, but, but remain calm. So obviously, this Sunday morning, as a congregation, we, we did not feel the need to cancel. We felt like we could continue meeting, um, now, let me say this is true as of right now. It's true of this Sunday morning and only this Sunday morning, okay? Um, we're, we're closely monitoring the situation. We'll make a week-by-week call. Um, so it's, it's very possible that at some point we will feel the need that, to, to cancel. It's in our best interest to cancel our in-person gathering for a week or two. Um, and if so, those, as I said, those, those decisions will be made on a week-by-week basis as we monitor the situation here locally. But, but let me caution us to avoid two extremes in response to, to COVID-19, okay? First of all, let, let me really encourage you to avoid just outright dismissal, okay? So um, in, on, on social media, um, I'm seeing a lot of people, sadly even some pastors, who were just dismissing, oh, it's not that big a deal, um, you know, this is just a government scare tactic, uh, don't, don't, don't be that guy, okay? Um, what, what we're seeing is that uh, this virus is serious, and, and that the steps being taken by our government and, and by other organizations are being taken to uh, what, what's, what's being described as to flatten the curve so that medical facilities aren't overwhelmed with patients, Okay? So that's one extreme. Oh, you know, it's no big deal. Everybody's overreacting. Let's just, let's just dismiss it. The, the other extreme to avoid is panic, okay? We're all going to die. I just sneezed. Do I have it? You know, now listen, if you don't feel well, stay home, okay? If you aren't comfortable being out and about, stay home. We, we stream our services on Facebook. Um, don't, don't get out and about. If you run out of toilet paper... Then panic. Okay, that, that's, t- that's the time. That's the time to lose it. Okay. 
Although we found out last night that for only $25, Domino's will bring toilet paper to your house and free pizza, okay? So for only $25. (laughs) Listen, in all seriousness, though, we, we, we know that ultimately our hope is not in this world or in this life, okay? So myself and some of our leaders have been in contact about what to do this week. We're going to remain in contact as we make decisions moving forward. So as I said earlier, two things. Sign up for our email list if you've not already. That's, that's going to be one of the primary channels that we um, send uh, information out on. And then like our Facebook page. Follow the church Facebook page. Those are the primary places we'll be communicating schedule changes to, to the church body. Okay? Now, to Mark chapter 1. Again, I, I did not alter this schedule at all. In fact, um, as when we when I got through this last week and, and saw that uh, Jesus driving out an unclean spirit and then began to, to look forward to this week, really piggybacking off of that, um, Monday, when, when I sat down and, and started reading over this, we had no idea where we would be today. Um, in fact, if you, if you were following at all, things beginning Wednesday progressed pretty rapidly, and, and, and we're, we're, in some cases, we're living in a completely different world than we were Wednesday morning. And yet, Here we find ourselves in Mark chapter 1. We're going to see Jesus' authority over diseases and demons. So if you will, stand with me as we read the word of the Lord this morning. Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 29. The word of the Lord says this, As soon as they left the synagogue, they went into Simon and Andrew's house with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law was lying in bed with a fever, And they told him about her at once. So he went to her, took her by the hand, and raised her up. The fever left her, and she began to serve them. When evening came, after the sun had set, they brought to him all those who were sick and demon-possessed. The whole town was assembled at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and drove out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the chance to gather. Especially today, I'm I'm grateful for the chance to gather together as a local church. We we know that many many local churches aren't, aren't getting to experience this blessing this morning of being in the same room with other believers. And and when we we look at some things in our world, we, we know that that this is this may be something that we're, we're deprived of for a week or two. And so may we not take this for granted, but may we realize how precious it is to gather together with one another, to, to sing praises to you and to open up your word together. I pray amidst the, the panic and the, the, the chaos that we see in our culture that, that we as followers of Christ would not be people who panic, but we'd be people who's Faith is in you, and I pray this morning you use this passage to focus our attention on you, our God who saves, and on Christ who has authority over diseases and demons. May we trust in you in these uncertain days. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can have a seat. Now, the first thing that we're going to see is, is very simply that Jesus has authority. Jesus heals from diseases. 
Over the past couple of weeks, we talked about the high cost of, of following Jesus, and, and we saw uh, Peter and Andrew and James and John leaving their nets, and in the case of, um, of James and John leaving their father and, and the hired hands at the, at the shoreline and following after Jesus, and, and we, we said that it will cost something, and, and that is always true. What we see here is that even though, even though Peter is perhaps um, be, being away from home for a period of time, he didn't completely abandon his, his wife, and based on the fact that said he had a mother-in-law, we, we infer from that that he was married, okay? And, and, and apparently he, he liked his mother-in-law too, which I think matters, right? I mean, he's, you know, because he brings her up to Jesus, hey, my, my mother-in-law is sick with a fever, um, and, it, and we don't get it was a... Uh, you don't have to be here if you don't want to be, Jesus. You can go on, you know. No, come in, and, and there's obviously some concern there. We're told in verse 30, Simon's mother-in-law was lying in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. So he went to her, took her by the hand, and raised her up. The fever left her, and she began to serve them. Now, now interestingly enough, we're not given any details here. We don't know what Jesus said to her. We don't know if there was some kind of ritual. It doesn't seem like. It seems pretty simple. Jesus just walked in and, and spoke to her and, and, and she was healed. We aren't given any indication of what kind of illness she was dealing with. We're simply told he went to her, he took her by the hand, and raised her up. But we're also given an indication that, that this healing was immediate and was complete because we're told that she got up, the fever left her, and she began to serve them. Now, if you've ever had a high fever for any amount of time, you know that, that it takes a little bit to recover from that. Even once the fever breaks, you, you, you feel exhausted, like the, the fever has taken its toll on you. In this case, Jesus heals her immediately and completely to the point that she gets up and begins serving them. And, and more than likely, that means that she began preparing a meal for them. In, in these days, maybe we just need to be reminded of this, that when Jesus heals, he heals us completely. He doesn't just heal a little bit. This is true of physical illnesses that, that Jesus healed. But it's also true when he heals us spiritually. When we trust in Jesus as Savior, he, just, he doesn't just take some of our sins. He takes them all. He heals us completely. The Old Testament will say that he casts our sin as far as the east is from the west. Now, we also see here that we aren't saved just so we can sit comfortably. Rather, we are saved to serve, and, and Peter's mother-in-law models this for us perfectly. And even though the, the term isn't used here, surprisingly, as much as it's used everywhere else, we get the idea that she gets up and she begins serving immediately. So, so hear me. Church, in these uncertain days, let us remember that Jesus has authority over diseases. He had authority over this fever, whatever, and whatever this ailment was that Peter's mother-in-law had. 
He has authority over COVID-19. Now, now, look, I'm not about to get Pentecostal, all right, and say, you know, we ought to just start rebuking it or claiming that we have power to cast it out. What, what I will say is that we trust the one who is in control, okay? And let us not be people who panic. In Psalm 103, the psalmist gives us something. I think these would be good, word, good words for us to meditate on, for us to commit to memory in these days. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. My soul bless the Lord and all that is, that is within me. Bless his holy name. My soul bless the Lord and do not forget all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with good things. Your youth is renewed like the eagle. He forgives our sin. That's the big one. That's, that's the one to which everything else matters because even though COVID-19 can destroy the body, for, for the follower of Christ, our hope is not in our physical health. Our hope is found in Christ alone. And we could say, listen, even if, even if I should contract this disease, even if that means the, the end of my life on this earth, that, that's not the end. That, that's, that's not the ultimate victory. My, my, my victory is found in Christ. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. Church, allow these words to comfort us in, in these days of chaos. We see that Jesus heals from diseases, but we also see that Jesus delivers from demons. Starting in verse 32, we're told, When evening came, after the sun had set, they brought to him all those who were sick and demon-possessed. The whole town was assembled at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and drove out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Now, at the end of our passage last week, we were told that, that news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity of Galilee. So at this point, word has gotten out. And, and when the sun went down, people began bringing all kinds of people to Jesus. Now, why is that detail important? Why, why does that after sundown matter? Well, because it had been the Sabbath. Jesus went into the, the, into the synagogue and was teaching on the Sabbath. And for Jews... Their days run from sundown to sundown. So, so from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday was their Sabbath. Their, their days didn't run midnight to midnight. So as soon as the sun goes down on Saturday evening, the Sabbath is over. Their travel restrictions are, are back in place. And so as, as soon as that, as that happens, as soon as they're allowed to, to travel, people begin bringing people to Jesus because they've heard word is spread about what he can do. Word spread about Jesus, and people came to him. To the point that, that Mark says uh, in verse 33, the whole town was assembled at the door. Now again, that's probably a little bit of hyperbole, but the point is that people were coming from all over the place to come see Jesus. You see, we, as, as people, we like to see something amazing. This week I just finished a, a biography on Wilbur, Wilbur and Orville Wright. 
And when, when word began to spread about their flying machine in the first decade of, of the last century, thousands of people would gather to, to watch them. Thousands of people would gather just to watch them work on this flying machine, whether or not they thought it would actually get off the ground or not. And as soon as they, they took off and got just a few feet above the ground and soared for just a, a hundred yards or so, people would lose their minds cheering because they were seeing something amazing. We like to see something amazing. Now, in our day and age, as, as we've seen the last couple of weeks, word spreads awfully quickly. And so as soon as word's out that, oh, Walmart's running out of toilet paper, it's like there's a mad rush, right? We don't want to be left out. In this case, the word spread about the man with the unclean spirit. Now Jesus had rebuked the demon, and now scores of people are being brought to Jesus to heal. And many others are showing up just to watch the show, just to see what's going to happen. And we're told that Jesus healed many who were sick with various diseases and that he drove out many demons. And again, we're not, we're not given details about how this happened. We're, we're simply told that, that he drove them out. It could be as, as simple as what we saw last week, just a word, a command. And the diseases and the demons had no choice but to flee. But let us remember, let us recognize that as word got out about, about what Jesus could do, people showed up. In last week's passage, verse 28, we're told that once the news about him spread throughout the entire vicinity of Galilee. And now in, in verse 33, it says the whole town was assembled at the door. People were looking for some hope, and Jesus offered it. Could it be the same in these days? You know, we have a lot of people in our culture who are asking a lot of questions. There's a lot of uncertainty about the future. We're worried about what's going to happen with the virus. We're, we're worried about what's going to happen with my favorite sports team, right? I mean, the start of Major League Baseball was pushed back two weeks, like, I wasn't freaking out until that happened, and not just because I had tickets, but, but just because that, 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 that's, I think that's really what began to, to wake people up to, wait a second, this is, this is serious, when, when, when things that we love started being canceled. What's going to happen with the economy? More specifically, what's going to happen to my retirement account? But in the middle of the chaos, we know the one who can heal completely. So let's not keep that to ourselves. Um, I manage a blog for, for the North American Mission Board um, for, for the replant team. And, and let me just simply say, you know, we, given the history of the church, and, and if, if you're, if you're kind of new here and you're not familiar with the entire history, uh, there was a time um, seven or eight years ago where we're, this church was down to around 30 people on a Sunday morning. Um, praise the Lord, and he's, he's done a marvelous work here, and we've come back from that. 
Um, we're, we're coming back from that. But all over North America, there are churches that are just like that, that are struggling already to pay the bills. Um, something like COVID-19, closing the doors of the church for, for weeks on end, could, could very well be the death knell for, for many of our small, struggling churches. And, and so that's a, that's a blog that I managed to, to encourage pastors in, in churches that are struggling and, and who, have, who are where we were and who, who are walking through a lot of the same stuff that we've walked through the last four, five, six years here at, at FBC. Um, and in that, I, I called that blog post just um, a biblical response to panic. And, and I said this, for, for the follower of Christ, there is no room in our worldview for panic. I think sometimes we forget that. Sometimes I forget that, right? In our worldview, there is no room for panic because this world is not our home. Our hope lies not in government leaders, in sports teams, in good health, or in the stock market. Our hope lies in a man from Galilee who defeated sin and death once for all when he stepped out of a borrowed tomb nearly 2,000 years ago. So listen, believers, let us choose praise over panic and let us choose worship over worry. Now, maybe you're here today and you're not a follower of Christ. Maybe you're here today because you're looking for some comfort or answers amidst the madness or you just needed to get out of your house and so church was the best place to go on a Sunday morning. Let, let, let me just say, we, we are experiencing the brokenness of this world on full display right now, on a number of levels. We're, we're experiencing that our world is broken. So if you're here today and you've never trusted in, in Jesus as Lord and Savior, let, let me invite you this morning to believe the gospel. Because God's plan, his original design for this world did not include Things like coronavirus didn't include people panicking and stocking up on questionable essentials. God created this world perfect and, and designed it in such a way that we would live in perfect relationship with him and in perfect fellowship with one another. But our first parents, Adam and Eve, turned from God's design to go their own way. And the Bible calls that sin. And now it tells us that each and every one of us have committed sin as well. We've turned away from God and gone our own way. The Bible tells us that that sin separates us from God. And because of sin, we each deserve spiritual death, eternal separation from God in a place called hell. Now that sin leads to brokenness, a fracture of God's design. Because we all experience that brokenness, we look for ways to fill those holes in our lives. Now, sometimes we, we might pursue things like a better career, like, like another relationship. Sometimes we'll, we, we as people will turn to things like drugs or alcohol or some other addiction. The Bible tells us that Jesus came to earth to heal our brokenness once for all. The Bible calls that the gospel, which simply means good news. It tells us that Jesus came to earth as a man. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He died the death 
that you and I deserved on the cross, and then he was raised on the third day. And in so doing, he destroyed the power of sin and death. Now the Bible tells us that the free gift of God right now is eternal life through Christ Jesus. The gospel heals that brokenness. And it allows us to recover and pursue God's design in our lives. As I said, right now our our world is full on in brokenness mode. Right? We're trying to fill that brokenness with anything possible. Apparently, toilet paper, (laughs) people think toilet paper is going to fix brokenness. But at some point, at some point, toilet paper is going to run out and and brokenness will still be there. So as we walk through these days, and listen, we're we're talking about celebrating the the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. We we know that in just about three weeks, we're going to have the opportunity to do that. Um, I, I hope in person. But Easter doesn't get canceled just because we, we may not be able to gather together, right? The power of the resurrection doesn't stop because the, the physical doors may have to remain closed. Psalm 91 is a, a psalm that simply talks about the protection of the Most High. And so as we close this morning, this is what I want us to be reminded of. It's not, on the, it's not on the screen, so I would invite you to either just listen, or if you want to turn to Psalm 91 in your, in your Bible, you're welcome to do that. I'm going to read the whole thing. It's, it's a little bit longer, but l- let us be encouraged with these words this morning. I will say concerning the Lord, who is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, he himself will rescue you from the bird trap, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with his, weather, with his feathers. You will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night, the arrow that flies by day, the plague that stalks in darkness, or the pestilence that ravages at noon. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. You will only see it with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord my refuge, the Most High, your dwelling place, no harm will come to you. No plague will come near your tent. For he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent. Because he has his heart set on me, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and give him honor. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. Keep in mind that I think much of what this is talking about is referring to what Christ did on our behalf. That he has defeated the final enemy. He has defeated sin and death. Therefore, whatever we encounter in this life, 
we can rest assured because we have made the Lord the most high our dwelling place. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you. As, as I said earlier, we thank you for the chance to gather together, knowing how precious it is to be with the body of Christ. May we rest assured this morning, knowing that you have authority over diseases, that you have authority over demons. And we pray, Lord, that you would put a stop to this disease. Pray that you would stop its spread. We pray that you would heal those that have, that have already been infected. Until that time, we pray for certainly those in the medical field who are on the front lines encountering this disease and, and trying desperately to fight for life. Pray for churches and, and many other organizations and government leaders as they, as they wrestle with, with making the best choice. We pray you would give them wisdom. I pray for our leadership here that you would grant us wisdom in these coming days to know the best way forward. that we wouldn't make decisions out of fear or stubbornness, but out of faith. And finally, I just pray that in the midst of the chaos and, and the, the confusion that's around us in our world, that you would give us a sense of calm. And as I said, that we would be people of praise over panic and worship over worry. Knowing that our hope is in you. Above all, help us to spread this good news to a world that's full of fear. May we tell them where hope is found. to a world that is thirsty for some type of peace and hope. May we point them to the living water. Walk with us as we do it. Give us boldness to speak when we need to speak. We ask all these things in Jesus' Thank you for listening to this message from First Baptist Church of Alamogordo. We are located at 1100 Michigan Avenue in Alamogordo, New Mexico. We meet on Sundays for small groups at 9 a.m. and worship at 10.30. If you have more questions, please email office at fbcalamo.com or call 575-437-5510. Thank you for listening and may God bless you this week.